Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Whenever you're listening to us, day, night, evening, morning, uh, afternoon, uh, early dawn, dusk, other times of days. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, but yes, thank you and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. Uh, joining me tonight, and I'm going to say uh a lot apparently, is Jenny. Uh, hello. <laughs> and joining us both from the Two Broke Geeks podcast, the resident actor extraordinaire and full-time job having Justin. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, we're still just going to do just hashtag Justin for Moon Knight, even no matter what, we're just gonna keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what happens if they cast it. If it happens and they don't cast Justin, we're gonna roll with yeah, it. We'll just keep making it happen. <laughs> we're gonna roll with it forever. Yeah, forever, forever. <laughs> For you Sandlot fans, uh, today we are going to talk comic books, and uh, we're gonna ask answer the question: What's in your long box? That's right. We're we're digging deep. We're going to reveal our deepest, darkest secrets. Pull out all of our nasty things that are in our long boxes. Sexy. Uh, yeah, see? Uh, you, you got what I was putting down. Take it off. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, we're going to talk about things that we've collected over the years. Whether we still have them or not, that doesn't matter. But things we've collected and maybe had to have sold, uh, in my case, that's a big thing. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about why we love collecting comic books and... Uh, I'm sure three of us will have very different collections, especially one of us. And maybe we'll give you a list of things to go to your local retail comic book store. Uh, don't don't order them. Go to the store, step inside a brick and mortar comic book store, and buy some stuff. Support your local comic book store. That's that's what I was doing there. Because com- free comic book day is coming up too. So uh, maybe this will be released the week of free comic book day. I don't know. Uh, that would be just really good good marketing by us, the people who make this podcast. Um, we'll see. Uh, so let's just kick it off. What, I don't know if we've ever asked this question in the hundred some odd, almost 200 episodes of this podcast, plus however many the Two Bro Geeks have done. What got you into collecting comics or even just reading comics? Uh, let's start with Jenny. Oh my gosh. Like there's a <laughs> It's just the Watchmen was probably the the first one just for the fact that, you know, when you're a teenager, you get you like the darker or the weirder or the non the non standard stuff. You know, you got to be different. So started with Watchmen. Then I got really into they had um, a series of The Crow out and I was obsessed with the Brandon Lee movie of The Crow because that came out right around. I think I was like a junior in high school or like something early like that. 90s. Might have been. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. Um, but I really <laughs> Stone liked Temple it. Stone Temple Pilots was on the soundtrack. I remember that. <laughs> they, were, they were. Um so I I really liked that element of it. Um I never got into the superheroes though. I always liked the the dark the darker stuff. So I would say those were my first two starting points and then it then it just sort of followed. I didn't, you know, in my you know, my twenties, I didn't really follow comics that much, but once I got into my thirties, I got back into them because, because of comics like Watchmen and Killing Joke and stuff like that, there, it, it changed the way they were being written. So they were way more dark and way more, 
more layered. They weren't so cookie cutter. And I love that about the comics. So I started picking up more and more of the offset ones, you know, like the walking dead and, and comics like that. So that that's kind of, I'm dark and twisted though. So I don't know if that's a good thing to admit. <laughs> that's okay. I don't know. Justin, you help me out here. Would the crow be considered a superhero comic? Uh, Kind of, but it's more sort mystical, of yeah. right? Or like mystical. Supernatural. He's more of a mystic. Yeah, he's more yeah. supernatural. Yeah. He's like a vigilante, though. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Vigilante oh, he's totally character. Vigilante. He's a yeah. ghost vigilante. That's right. A, an undead vigilante. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who right. has a run in with the horseman uh, in, uh, from X Files. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I have that series. It's it's a weird series. It's basically a four the four uh, the horsemen from X Files go on I this. I love uh, them. They go on this excursion through. Uh, they have their own mini series where they have to solve this. You mean the lone gunman? Uh, the lone gunman. Yeah, I don't know why I said horse. See, yeah, I don't follow this stuff. But the gunman. What's funny uh, is like I totally knew who you were talking too. about too, and I just, too. I just followed you. Yeah. <laughs> so so the gunmen are sent on a quest from Mulder and Scully. Because uh, there's like this weird pathogen that's causing people to like get ill and have spikes come out of them or something like that, and they like so they so like we have all these info on these areas that you can go check and maybe you can find some DNA or something of aliens that might help cure this. So they go and visit the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What the hell? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Ghost the Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, I love the it. Tra- the Transformers. Oh, don't like it. And the Crow. Love it. Oh, I gotta find that series and just read it. Yeah, that it's like, it's hilarious. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking of X Files, that reminds me of my favorite X Files episodes, which is like a crossover with cops, and they're looking for a werewolf. <laughs> I love that episode. I can watch that a thousand times. There's two episodes of X Files I can watch repeatedly over and over and over again and not get sick of. That one, and then the episode where it's about like uh, Negro League baseball. It's in the past. Oh, yeah. And it ends up that one of the players is not only a, a, a black man, but he's also an alien. So it's like a, a diversity on two levels, apparently. Um, <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, that was a good episode. I like both those. All right. Um, my real, in- what's that? Real quickly, I got to tell you, though, the one with the uh, the vampire kid from Sandlot that had like a compulsive disorder. So he like threw the toothpicks or whatever, and he had to sit there and pick each one up off the floor of the hotel room. You remember that episode? I think I do. Yeah, that one's that one's good. Sorry. Okay, continue <laughs> on. Let's talk about long boxes. <laughs> um, my start into comics was reading my dad's comics, finding them. I, I liked uh, my my parents' bedroom was off limits when they weren't around. Like we were not allowed to go in there. Um, and when I got older, I found out why and had nothing to do with sex, but it had to do with the, uh, the funny tobacco that kids smoke these days. Um, (laughs) the sticky icky, right, right. Anyway, I did not just admit that to the world on a podcast. Sorry, mom. Um, whatever. We had Tommy Geekdom (laughs) and Two Broke Geeks condone the acts of using substances. That is your own thing. What we do, we do not support or deny Usage of illegal substances. illegal substances illegal <laughs> illegal substances. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Were you coughing, Jenny? You all right? You gonna be okay? She's she's she has some of it. Herself. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was hinting. Um, Thank you, California. Yeah. Right. Right. It's medicinal. She's got a prescription. Yeah. Um, 
no, my, but like I would go in there and you know my first the first cassette tape I ever listened to was an ACDC record uh, tape that my dad had in, in his bedroom, sit on his dresser. So I stole that, put that in my Walkman, and listened to that for days until he yelled at me because he couldn't find it. Um, and then I would go and he had two two long like like legit long long boxes in his in his closet. Um, and I would go in there and I'd flip through all these books and. I can remember seeing just the, the, how vintage, like golden age books, you know, with the spines kind of curled because some of them weren't bagged and boarded because he just didn't care anymore because he's an older, <gasps> not not geek guy anymore. He's, you know, he was he grew up, you know, he let that stuff go. Um, but I, you know, there was stuff in there that I've never seen, like Bat, death, the death of Batman, but it wasn't really. It was like a one off. He didn't really die. Just all kinds of great, crazy books. All most, in fact, all DC. So they were all Justice League and Batman, and mostly Superman. My dad was a Superman fan. Um, maybe that's why I don't like Superman. I was anti dad. <laughs> no. Uh, so that wow, was that was getting dark. Right. We're we're see. I told you we're getting deep into these long boxes. Um, but he never yelled at me for looking at his comics because it was better than him finding me looking at his. You know playboys or porn or whatever is in his his closet you know what i mean uh comic books fine it stopped there he didn't keep looking good um but (laughs) there came came a day when he bought me my own comic book um and it was uh an issue of wolverine again maybe why i don't like wolverine too (laughs) uh but it was like i can't remember the issue number but the cover uh had like three claw marks on the cover so it was like it was like cut out. It was like a special cover. Um, so I remember liking that, and I think he got me that because I was at that point into the animated show X Men, and then from there I just went crazy with X Men books. Nice, nice. The X Men books are fun though. Like I I haven't read all of them, but I've picked up a few, you know, just because I too like Wolverine. Um, Boo! But yeah, they're. They're, they're, Wolverine's awesome, dude. He's grumpy. I like the grumpy characters. Someone, someone who talks about so much positivity likes the grumpy characters. (laughs) I do. I love the grumpy characters. But I also, my my whole thing in life is I can watch any movie that has multiple decapitations. I'm a little weird like that. I'll admit it. I'm not ashamed. Okay, stop. Full stop on this conversation. Can you name three movies that have multiple decapitations? Oh gosh, dude! Uh, can you just say like Into the Badlands? I think had one episode. I said movies, had... movies, 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 decapitations and movies. Um, Final Destination. <laughs> hey, Final hey, you can't help her. Yeah, no, that's a good <laughs> I'm one. Saying. Multiple. In the one, the entire rope goes. Um, Ghost <laughs> Ship has multiple ones too with the same yes. rope thing. Um, there's also um, let's see, what I'm was pretty sure there's a three hundred had more than yeah. one decapitation. Uh. Gosh, there's a lot of them. One of the remakes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre has like three, I believe. And the Hatchet movie series have at least two. Wow. I I don't know why I get really excited. And I get really excited when the bad guy lifts the head up like Medusa and shows you the head. All right, so this is... The scenes are the the best. This is my... but they're they're awesome. This is my challenge for you, Jenny. At any of the, at any con you go to from now forever, you have to get a picture for the website. 
or for the Instagram, Atomic Geekdom, of you nearly being decapitated by some horror figure in cosplay <laughs> at every Bonus. single con. Bonus points if it's a video game character that's like not known for like violence. <laughs> right, right. Like Mario. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like Kirby. Zelda, Princess Zelda. Yeah. Do they just have to have like a knife to my neck or something? No. Well, that would work. I know you have one of those, I think, of Or do I just have them hold my hair up and then just take the photo like right under my chin? That works. <laughs> or like you're kinda like <laughs> You're kind of like, you know, like uh, Game of Thrones style where you're, you're on your knees and you're kind of head down and they're going to be hacking away with an axe or something. I like it. I like where you're going with this. So that's I totally like where you're going with this. That's my con challenge for for now until the foreseeable future. Got it. Gaunt, All right. I'm gonna gauntlet laid. All right. Back back on track here. Sidebar over um, the, the decapitation thing threw me. I had to go somewhere with that. Well, because they're awesome. Like, I know I'm probably people are probably going to say, you want to know my favorite decapitation, though? Do we have to do a whole episode in, in October when we do our, our everyone's we favorite do. month of just okay, decapitations? Fav- my no, no, favorite, favorite decapitation, death. my favorite decapitation, I'm going to throw this out there, is when <laughs> <Ned> Jason <Stark. laughs> decapitates Freddy Krueger. And he's standing there holding Freddy's head in his hand, his gloved hand, and Freddy's still talking. Yeah, that's a that's good one. That's an awesomely stupid decapitation, and I, can, I love it. I can see that happening to Deadpool in a Deadpool movie. Well, yeah, because we need Headpool to show up at some point. Right. Maybe Deadpool 3. <laughs> With Josh, Josh uh, Bowen. I, I, I will be Headpool. <laughs> All right. Okay. Deal. All right. Uh, okay, so we've talked about our origin stories of what got us into the the comic book genre. What kept you there? Like, what was there a series? You know, we talked about Jenny. You were into the Crow and some of these other ones, and Justin, you as well. Uh, was there a certain book or title that kept you in the comics, or did you go away from it as you got older and then came back to it? Uh, we'll start with Justin. Uh, I went away from it for a while because I mean I grew up mostly on Spider Man. And Batman, uh, but like, there was a long stretch of like, like, m- like middle school, high school, college, where I kind of didn't do much with comics. Like, I still was a, I still liked uh, comic books, but I didn't go out to get them all the time and stuff like that. Um, so most of my so i have like this big dent of nothing kind of in the middle and i really didn't start getting back into comics like collecting comics until when iron man came out oh wow it's like 2008 Uh, yeah like 2008 is kind of what kind of drove me back into it because like i knew a lot of stuff and i kept myself busy like reading stuff but i never but with comic books like it wasn't until I like found like I like went home after co- like in col during college and I like found all my old comics and I was like oh man these were so good I love this I want to keep going and then when I left college that's kind of like when it went and I worked in for the comic book store I worked at was kind of like the jumping back in point. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you, Jenny? I well, it's funny because I. I guess you would say I completely fell out for a long time. Um, but I would sporadically get graphic novels. Like I, I did the whole preacher, but I did the preacher in the big books. Like I didn't do individual comics and such. Um, 
and then like like I was saying, I did Watchmen and I did I did the big collections, but not the actual small comes out once a month type comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably didn't get into that until probably around like 2010. 2009, 2010, and it's the silliest, most embarrassing reason, but um, I had read all the Sookie Sackhouse books, and they're like, we're coming out with this True Blood comic, and I was like, I'll give it a try, and I found a comic book store by my house, which is still my comic book store, Comic Unlimited in Westminster, California, is amazing, just so everybody knows. Now they can find Um, you there. Yep, they can totally find me there. (laughs) It's also ran by totally awesome people, so give them support, they're awesome if you're in the neighborhood. Um, but anyways, they, so they started pulling the true blood ones and the first like four or five were pretty cool. And then all they were doing is taking scans from the show and then like drawing over top of them with really bad Photoshop things. So I, I fell out of them again, but, um, I knew there was a comic book store by my house. And then, um, then I got into, um, I had, I had already up during that time too, I was reading the walking dead, but sporadically, um, people would like send me them and I'd just be all right, I'll read it. And I really liked the storyline. And then right after the true blood one, I really dove in and finished the walking dead, got caught up to where they were at. And then that just started spiraling in where I started picking up one after another. And then my collection just started to grow. So I don't know if there was a, a firm start and stop. It would be like, I grab a graphic novel and then six months later, maybe another one. And then I might get two random individual comics and then go a year without it, you know, mm-hmm. until recently where now I've gotten way too many that I enjoy and I, my comic pool gets bigger every time I go in. Yeah. Um, for me, my formidable collecting years were middle school. So like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Uh, we would walk to the mall. That's where my comic book store was at Southridge Mall in Greendale, Wisconsin. Uh, we used to have a co- one comic book store because comic book stores were not easy to find back then. Um, <clears throat> it was in the mall, and they had you know the wall of new comics. And at that time, the Age of Apocalypse was happening for X Men, and I fell in love with that series. I loved the whole what if factor. What if Xavier died? What if Magneto was a good guy? What if Apocalypse took over the world? What would happen to this X-Men team? And, of course, Gambit was my favorite character, and he got his own title, Gambit and the Externals, so I was even more stoked. Uh, And Weapon X was a bad guy, or kind of a bad guy, and he had one hand chopped off. I'm like, yeah, that serves Wolverine right. And, And in a fight with Cyclops, he, like, cut off one of Cyclops' eyes, so Cyclops was legitimately a Cyclops. It was awesome. Um... I remember just being in love with that and can't not being able to wait every week to get the new issue or every month or whatever it was. And at that time I had collected the whole run. Um, so those were my formidable. And then we moved and I had a comic book store, but I couldn't like, I didn't get money. I was in high school and I had no money, so I couldn't buy comic books. And then I was in a new school. So I was just trying to make friends. So comic books were out and I was just trying to make friends and play sports and, not hiding my comic book geekery because I still had the shirts. Uh, I always had comic book shirts or obscure bands nobody heard of. Like, I remember being the only kid in my school wearing a Deftone shirt and, like, how, how cool that made me feel inside, <laughs> you know? Like, these guys don't know what Deftones is, but because we're in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and there's no 
people of like real culture up here. It's all, you know, snooty rich white kids. Um, I picture you more Toad the Wet Sprocket. I enjoyed a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I really like Deftones, and that's probably why I really like Lincoln Park, too, by the way. This, I'm really learning a lot about myself in this episode. Um, <laughs> it's a real it's a real coming to age episode for Dave. Um, coming of age episode. But uh, so I stopped uh, pro- probably until after graduation, like second year after graduation I maybe started to grab every comic every once in a while um, I didn't start going to comic book stores regularly until Buffy got cancelled and they announced it was going to become a comic book and then I started going to comic book stores more often to get the books and then I started getting back into pull lists and New 52 is really when I started collecting hardcore again but in between that time I've had to have sold my entire comic book collection um, hard times had befallen Dave Clark and he had to sell his comic books just to make rent and all that stuff so I did Um, and we'll get into some of the things that I had to sell that I'm trying to work back because I want to talk about some of the the gems of our collections things we we are proud to own and that kind of thing Um, so we'll get into that later but you know now like Jenny I have a pull list that's too long I can't keep up with anymore I haven't sit down and read a comic book in too long um and it hurts me deep down inside. So, uh, but my stack of comics that I need to read is just too large. But, all right. So, that brings us to now, I think, with everybody. Currently, now we can do the, the actual title of this episode of What's in Our Long Box. So, is there one comic book that you've gotten, or trade, which is a graphic novel, Jenny? We've Shut had, up. We've had. <laughs> um, I always I don't say that to be mansplaining. That's a conversation we've had on a podcast once before. <laughs> that That's a conversation we have at my job all the time. The difference between a trade and a graphic novel. Yeah. Or what the definition of a trade is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens. Anyway, so what what in your collection are you most proud to own? What is like the one thing that Desert Island you would bring with you if you were stuck on a desert island? Uh, comic book wise, uh, Jenny. Ooh, that's that's hard. Um, do I get a whole selection, or you do can, I have to just choose that one comic? I'll give you a handful. Or can I give you my? Okay, can I'm gonna do then the one comic and then the one collection. Okay. Um, I got the free comic book day. Um, Michonne history, mm-hmm. Walking Dead, and they were they didn't do a lot of them and i'm finding that it's really hard to find a copy sometimes so i re- i'm really psyched that i have it cuz it's a cool story to know where michonne was at before the zombie apocalypse does happened. it so, does that story i have to interject cuz the michonne there's a telltale games about michonne that uh-huh. tells the the comic book story of what happens to her kind of during the during the negan times when she leaves um, mm-hmm. Because she, there's a part, a portion of that Negan War, where she's not there, um, in the story. Yeah, she, she, she heads out. Right, and so this telltale thing is telling that story, and it also is throwing flashback into her history. So like it, it'll show like her at like a condo or some house where she's trying to find her kids, or kid. I can't remember. Yeah. And is that kind of what that story is? Kind of. Um. She's like, she's like in a business outfit. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She was a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. She was like a uh, uh, 
uh, what's it called? Civil servant type mm-hmm. lawyer. Um, but she, yeah, she had her baby's daddy and his best friend. And then they live, you know, they had, in, they lived in the condo. And then when everything happened, they went to one of the survivor camps and spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If nobody knows the story, um, baby daddy and best friend got stoned and the zombies came and ate her kid. So that's why when you meet Michonne, she's got the two pets. That's baby daddy and best friend. The two jawless walkers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and it was kind of her revenge because they were the they were the cause of the death of her her son. Okay. So yeah, I really love that comic because it's it's deep and you get to see a completely kind of softer side of Michonne and mm-hmm. you see how she became so so rough. Like I, the writing and it's just beautifully cool. Um, but my I would take with it with me anywhere I go would be my Thief of Thieves collection. I've got, what is it, 37, I think, comics now. Almost all of them are first first prints. Um, the o- I only have four out of the entire collection that are second prints, and that's issue one, two, three, and five. Um, so I'm working on getting those. It's on my, on my bucket list to replace those four comics with the, the first prints. Um, but that's one of those comics that I can reread if I'm bored or what have you, because the the development of the story and the characters are so awesome. And it doesn't matter where you jump in because they go in about five comic sections. Like you can go five comics and then the story kind of changes. So you don't have to read all 30 plus. So I could, I would take that with me just for the basic fact that I'm in love with Conrad, the main character. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. What do you, what do you got for us? Justin? J dog. Uh, well, the tr- the trade, the trade I would have, what I would take with me, would be Deadpool versus uh, kills the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for anyone who hasn't read it, it's awesome because it kind of explains. It, it helps explains like how in depth uh, like Deadpool can actually be versus just uh, the Brian Post. Well, the comedy because the whole series, this whole it's a it's a three part series. It's Marvel. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Deadpool illustrated and Deadpool kills Deadpool. Um, and actually, Marvel just announced they're going to do a sequel to Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, which I'm a little confused about. But uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but it's a great book because it basically revolves around Deadpool is tricked into being part of this psychoanalysis thing that is being conducted by Psycho Man, who then uses it to brainwash Deadpool to be to kill everyone and convinces him that not like like there's no way for you to like to survive or like you can die but only after everyone else is dead and kind of helps break down that fourth wall that for breaking the fourth wall even further hmm. it's it's dark like he traps uh like deadpool makes a bo- uh, a mirror box an intangible mirror box that kind of keeps looping kitty pride in for eternity uh wow yeah uh what a dick. Uh, wolverine yeah deadpool uh wolverine is a. Uh, is always encased in acid. <laughs> I like it. 
it's it's so the good the, the first part's really good. The other two get a little on the funnier side, but the first one is uh is really good. Uh but comic wise, it's a weird one. It was uh I don't remember it came out in the nineties. It was a it's a war machine comic hmm. that I would bring with me. Because it was like the first time I got a comic that wasn't like your conventional, yeah, normal normal comic. Because this was like a sil- this is like a a black and silver cover, like metallic, like thicker covered one. Mm-hmm. And it was just something when I first got it. I was so it was War Machine's first first solo series, and I think it was in the nineties that that was happening and. It was just it, like something about that particular book was so cool. I think it was mainly because it wasn't it wasn't just a normal like paper uh, like paper issue. It actually had like a little bit more thoughtfulness slash like something different to make it stand out by having it be like this metallic ish style. Okay, I don't know. It was it was a it was a fun book. Right. What about you, Dave? Um, what about you? Let's see. Boy, uh, there isn't a trait. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, what about a graphic novel? <laughs> uh, it's tough. Watchmen is a go-to. Um, I'm looking over at my, my, my bookcase to see what I would bring. And I can't see far enough. Uh, my Okay. The trade I would bring is Batman Hush. Um, I read that at least once a year. That's a great storyline. It really is. It's probably <clears throat> one of my favorites. What's sad is I know the ending, but because when I was reading it for the very first time, I couldn't wait to turn the page. Like, I need to find out who this guy is. Like, I got to figure this out. There's this big mystery behind the whole thing. And it was great. Um so that yeah, that's gonna be my my graphic novel. My 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 handful or my series of comics that I would bring. <sighs> One of my, um, I would I would you know what I would throw a suitcase full of my my morning glories trades. I'll say no, that. Nice. Like uh, <laughs> since it's a complete series now. Or kind of, they're gonna do it. They're gonna, they're not done, but the arc is done. Um, you know, I'd have something to wrap my brain around on this desert island because it's so confusing, it's so hard, and you miss things. It's like watching Lost. So I'd have a lot of time on my hands to figure things out. <laughs> <laughs> I so. still need to get into that one. I picked up the first trade, and I, ha- I haven't got jumped in yet. That's I've got to add that to my list. That we were talking about before. That if you're a fan of the characterization of Buffy, like those characters, Morning Glories is your thing. Uh, very well done characterization. Uh, it's a good character story to begin with. Then, you're in one of them, right? Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> That's part. There's always that plus. There's there's that. I'm and and Joe Joe Eisma signed that panel for me. So nice. I have that in my collection. Um, good man. He's a good man. He's doing good work for the Archie comics right now too. So got to respect an artist who works on Archie. 
totally. Um, all right, so let's talk about. So those are the ones we take with us because of the reading factor and the, just the great stories. And what 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 books mean the most to you in your collection? What is the what is the gem that you have in your collection that you know you would fall asleep clutching like a child clutches their favorite toy? You know, like you would. It's just your favorite, the favorite one you own that. Maybe you had to hunt for, or you know, it took you a while to find, or that you found and you you couldn't couldn't see yourself parting with. Mm. Uh, Justin, let's start with you. It's a toss up between three. Okay. The w- one was the first graphic novel I ever bought Ooh. in the nineties. Uh, was a it was from Dark Horse. And or yeah, it was Dark Horse, and it was when Dark Horse had the properties for Godzilla, and it was a graphic novel of just this old Godzilla story. Uh, I like walked into this place. It, I I wish it was called the Funny Book Factory, and it was awesome. That's a great um, name, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But I remember distinctly going in with like my money in hand, and. Like my parents were like, you can pick, you can get one, and <laughs> right, you only get one. Yeah, and I remember like I was torn between like a Spider Man and um, I think an X Men, and then I saw the Godzilla, and I was like, and it was a little bit, and I was like, I really want that, and it was like a, it was like a, as more of a story involving the people than just your monsters fighting mm-hmm. kind of deal, and so there's that. There's my big, there's my big man thing. Um, <laughs> what a weird sentence. I know, right? My, I have an omni, I have an omnibus of man thing, which sure. is like the first thirty-ish uh, uh, books that man thing appears in. Okay. And I just love the fact that I, 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 ha- I always find ways to say that phrase, man thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're just waiting for it. Just keep going. Uh, yeah. And then, and then the third one um, is actually the first Spider-Man comic I ever got. It was part of the Maximum Carnage run. Mm. I never got the full run of it. I only got like the tail end of it. But that's kind of what really got me into comics when I was when I started reading. And I just that made me like kind of fall more in love not much with Spider-Man but with Carnage. Sure. So it, it's a toss-up between those three. All right. All right. Jenny? Interesting. Um, Probably because it was one of my first one, first graphic novels I got would be The Book of Nod. I was really hoping you'd be like, it's a Godzilla that I got from Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> the same answer. <laughs> yeah. Eat everything you say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Just so you can say that you clutch your big man thing. (laughs) Totally. That's that's where I'm going with this. I was, uh, it was kind of like right around the time I got into the crew. um, I, I've always been kind of obsessed with, you know, zombies, vampires, werewolves, you name it, the monster genre. And a friend of mine gave me this, the book called the book of Nod. And it's the most effed up story. But it's really cool because it's the way it's written and just the art itself because everything's black and white. It's all kind of charcoal or pen and ink. Um, but it's all if, you know, the you know the story of Cain and Abel. What if Cain was the first vampire? 
you know, so it's really twisted, but it's a cool, like, take on it, you know, it's, it was, I, I would take that with me, that would be my, my one saving grace, just because it's nostalgic to my teenage years, my rebellion, um, but also just the art inside. I, I don't think, I think it has multiple artists. I don't, I don't think it's one artist. So every page is kind of a different look to it, but absolutely love that book. Hmm. Okay. All right. Your turn, Dave. Now I'm curious. <clears throat> um, I don't own it anymore, but I will again someday. It's not that difficult to find, but, uh, uncanny X-Men, Number two sixty six. Can anyone guess what that is? First appearance of Gambit. It sure is, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I I have owned it before, and I will own it again. Uh, but I remember when I found it. It was the early days of this little online website where you can auction and bid on things called eBay. Uh, it, had, it was like nineteen ninety nine, and I like got this account. I'm like, I don't know if I can trust eBay because it's, it's the internet. And it's 1999, um, but I it, it worked. I got it, and it was in perfect condition. And then I had to sell it um, many years later. But I will get it again. I will find it again, and I will buy it again. Um, but one that I it's a series that I actually own, and I'm one away from owning the entire run. And why it's important to me is because it's one of the reasons why I love or I got back into comics. Um, and two. It's not the main character that I fell in love with to begin with. It's one of his side characters, or I don't want to say sidekicks, but one of the characters that was spawned from his universe. And for some reason, this run struck a chord with me for some reason. I don't know. It was just extremely well done, and the artwork was really well done. And I have almost her entire run of the character, and that's Batgirl from the New 52, um, written by Gail Simone. And I have every single issue except for number one. And uh, a little birdie named Shannon might be sending me a second edition of the number one issue. So nice. I, I will have the whole set. Not a first edition. I have first editions of every other issue, but not the first one. But that's okay. I just want my complete set. It, it kills me that I don't have it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if I can't, you know, if I'm not picking a whole run, my Batman number one from the New 52 by Scott Snyder is also one I'm very happy I own and kind of a prized possession because it renewed my love of the Batman comic book character because the movies up to that point, well, I mean, we had the Dark Knight series, but, you know, the comic books haven't been good, in my opinion, for a long time as far as Batman goes. And then Scott Snyder took over and you could tell how much he cared for the character. And... I just loved it. And what made that run even more important to me was because at C2E2, I got to meet him, sit next down down next to him, and read an upcoming issue that was extremely important to the arc of the character before it was even sent to the printer. Like, it was, like, like Photoshop. Like, the, it wasn't cut. It was, like, long sheets of paper. Like, it was crazy. Um, and granted, I wasn't the only one he let do that, too. There was a couple people he let do that, too. One guy was at the panel. He got to read it while he was still doing his panel. Like, he was sitting up at the table with him. It was, it was crazy. But I was sitting there with his autograph table with uh, the other guy that does the art, uh, Jock, who does the artwork for Witches, another of Scott Snyder's books series, which you should absolutely check out. I think Jenny would agree. Oh, Witches yes. is awesome. Witches is amazing. Um, 
Part two is coming soon. He keeps talking about oh, it. Not not soon enough, man. <laughs> He's busy doing all star doing all star Batman, and it's all star Batman's been great too. But uh, yeah, so the Batman run with Scott Snyder with the whole he invented the Court of Owls, which is an amazing thing that now they use on Gotham, and would not be surprised to see it in a movie someday. Uh, he created new villains that worked. Mister Bloom maybe didn't work so well. And having commis- Mr. Bloom was a weird one. Yeah. And having Gordon be the Batman for a while while Batman was quote unquote dead. Also not working out for me, but you know, they can't all be home runs. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, if I had my druthers, a word I never used, but felt like I wanted to throw it in there for this episode. I wish I had the entire age of apocalypse run again. I have most of them again. Um, but there's certain issues I probably will never find again because they're just not rare. They just nobody cared. <laughs> so uh, I don't think you're going to be easy to find. But yeah, uh, the Gambit, the issue of Gambit would be my number one, though. That would I have to own that again. And I I can't see myself just sticking it in the long box for too long because I like taking it out and looking at how old it is and how different he looked back then and how this character saved Storm from being trapped in a child's body. Yeah. He did. He sure did. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. It is. It is funny, like listening to everybody, and this is you know the three of us, and then everybody else that you encounter that has developed the love to collect comics. They always have that one comic that they they need because they lost the opportunity. It's kind of like, and it's relatively new. I love the Descender comics, but it's also. I have two comic artists that I will read anything that they do the art for just because they're beautiful. Um, but Descender is one of the most beautiful. The story is beautiful. The uh, the art is amazing. I put it on my comic pool and they forgot to pull it and oh, it sold no. out. So oh. I do not have issue one. I have the entire collection first print, but I do not have issue one. Oh. And I still like I still get so mad at myself. I'm like, how did I mess that up? I remember so. um, I was deep in getting polls and stuff, and I don't know why I I, I I never get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a poll. Never. I just don't care about it as a comic book. Maybe when I was younger, I did. I don't anymore. But for some reason, on a whim, I put it on my poll list by accident, maybe, and it ended up being the issue where they killed Donatello. Like oh yeah, like a year ago or a year and a half ago. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady beat the living shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I had to go back. I wanted the whole run of that that arc, you know, because comic books run in like six, seven issue arcs. And I got all the whole run, and they they did not include the one where he died. So I had to I had to search for it, and I found it, and I got it, and I was so happy to have it. And then you know he's not dead. But, <laughs> but, uh, but it was cool when it happened, man. I I thought I was like I was like, oh, it's one of those issues where nobody knows it's coming, and then it happens, and it freaks everybody out, and everybody goes and buys it, even though comic book stores probably didn't stock many to begin with, because nobody knew it was coming. Yeah, it was it was so out of left field, especially because. Especially because it was Bebop and Rocksteady, right? The two like, foils, the two biggest buffoons, would, like just take a sledgehammer to him. Yeah, and, basically oh, took out brutal years and years of frustrations of being just just battered around by the turtles, all out on Donatello and killed him. It was incredible. 
and Donatello is not, you know, he's not my favorite turtle, but you know, not but the one still. I'd expect, not the one I'd expect yeah. to die. Like I, I, I can see Raph going out in a blaze of glory. But, yeah. Uh, so that that's a good question though, like because. I think that's why I love the walking. I love and hate the walking dead so much is I love those type of surprises. I, I hate to see a character die or get hurt or what have you, but when they do, if it's done in a honorable way, I guess you would, would say I'm all for it. I, I remember when, um, the Negan introduction came into the walking dead. I remember the, like going through that comic. And then when it hits to the part with a uh, spoiler alert, Glenn, I couldn't turn the page. I was like, and I wasn't expecting it. I knew, you know, that, you know, it's a walking dead. Anybody could die at any time, but you just sit there and you're like, Oh my God, I just, it's a gym, but it's also like, ugh, you know, I felt, yeah. I felt that way when they killed Andrea. <laughs> I knew I'd get crickets because <laughs> she's not dead in the comics. That's the point. <laughs> are you? Are you? Uh, no, I'm not. Fast. I'm not. Oh, damn it! Because there's so there. There is so many from the Glenn comic onward. I think they're at. Well, what, I'm at. I'm at the whisper. Now? Whisper war. I think. Uh, spoiler. Pet- spoiler alert. Negan just got out. Okay. Okay. So you you've already seen uh, again. Huge spoiler alert. Plug your ears for about a minute and a half. You saw what happened to Rosita and Ezekiel. Yes. Okay. The pikes, right? Ugh. The decapitations on the stakes. Yeah. Right. Heads on pikes. Yep. Oh my gosh, that one too. Because like Rosita was pregnant, pregnant. with Eugene's kid. Yeah. And, and but it wasn't were, like, it wasn't Eugene's kid. It, yeah. Um, but it was like, <laughs> I'm just going with you, Dave. No, it, I know that, it was, but he didn't think that, it was his. That comic, like, because I love Ezekiel. Like, when they killed Shiva, too, I was like, ah, what the motherfucking, ah. Uh, bonus points, then, if you can, if, if listeners, bonus points, if that scream by Jenny is now your new text message notification. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. It's but amazing. Yeah, those <laughs> comics are are the reason why I continue to get comics. And I hate it too because so, the day after I read one, I'm just sitting there going, they just fucking killed my favorite character. What the oh my uh so and is this a, is this a question so we can into the storyline? Yeah, I get you. I was gonna say, is this a, is this a question we can ask each other? Is there a shocking death in a comic book that you read where it destroyed you for like a day or two aside from Jenny having now answered that with hers. <laughs> with, yeah. with uh, But it's harder for the books. I think that we read because because everyone keeps coming back. Right. Nobody stays dead. Um, but that doesn't mean like, like the issue where they die might be great. It might be a very well-written book. Um, you know, the death of Superman. What for me wasn't great. I didn't enjoy it. But at the same time, it was a great, it was a well-done story. That book, uh, the last book, each page, you get bigger and bigger panels, I think is how they did it. Like, you'd have a a whole spread of panels, and then by the end, it's just the whole, it's a spread. Like, it's the whole, the whole page is him fighting Doomsday. Like, that's how, it, it gave the fight a more epic, grander feel. Um... 
but everybody knew it was happening. That was like a, it was a huge story across the world that they were going to kill Superman. And then they did the same thing when they decided they were going to kill Captain America. And um, what was the other one? There was another big one. Spider-Man? Did they kill Spider-Man? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that Spider-Man died. Yeah, Superior Spider-Man came out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I remember those being like headlines, like national news stories. They're killing so-and-so. Um, so it's hard to be surprised. The Donatello thing was out of nowhere because, one, you know, not many people read Ninja Turtles, the comic book. Um, and two, nobody thought they'd kill a turtle. There's only four of them. There's only four of them, and they've been such a long-standing right uh, thing as that no one ever sus- suspected that they would actually go the route of killing one of them. Right, right. As as the trio from Buffy said, like it's it's his, it's their book. They're not gonna die. They're not gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean, I I mean, the closest thing that I ever came to with that with that kind of feeling was partially with the death of Spider-Man going into Superior <laughs> Spider-Man because sure. it was it was so well done. And Superior Spider-Man, for anyone who hasn't read it, is like probably one of the best Spider-Man stories you can ever find. Oh, and I, Johnny, I Johnny will drool all over the microphone talking about it. Yeah, it's so good. Um but like between that and actually another, is that is that Spencer or is that slot? That's slot. It's Dan slot. I okay. believe. Um, mate, I think it is. I'll have to double check. But uh, the other one that actually was surprising was the mini. Not surprising in terms of because it, it was the name of the book. Uh, but uh, death of Wolverine. Oh, yeah. That was like a couple years ago. Yeah, which, again, we knew about. We knew about, but the way they did it was actually a really good way to preserve the character, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it was like, and, and I know it still leaves up to debate that maybe one day down. That was like three years ago, I think. Uh, roughly. Two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he still technically hasn't come back yet. And usually most of these characters stay dead for what, a summer? Yeah. I mean, they've kind of skirted around it by bringing in the the old, old man, man Logan. Logan. He's been but brought still, back in time. Yeah. And then now they have all new Wolverine, which is Laura X-23. Yeah. Yeah. But but like the death of this of Logan, like of six, two of six, two, six, six, one, Logan, six, one, six, Logan, the main Logan. Uh, was still really well done in, in like of like sh- of going shit that might act- that makes you feel like that there's a possibility that this can will actually be be and so far it has yeah um unlike that unlike that time where they brought back uncle ben <laughs> right i mean there's the the age old joke of characters that'll stay dead and it's uncle ben and the waynes and so far, now it's just the Waynes. Well, not if you do Flashpoint. True. And we're talking kind of over Jenny's head here. Um, I know. I, I, I'm trying to keep up, but I don't know those storylines so too well. But the Waynes are. I get where you're going. With yeah, them. the Waynes are Batman's parents. If they don't, if they don't die, there's no Batman. And yeah, Uncle I, ben. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, but in the Flashpoint book, which is you can pick up as a trade, Jenny, and I think you should. It's very good. Um, it's a good story about time travel. Um, Flash goes back in time to save his mom, who died, 
and in doing so creates this whole new world in which Bruce dies, but uh, Thomas and Martha live. And Thomas no, no, is no, a- no, no, let her read it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited because no, I love spoilers. Flashpoint. It's great. You should read it and then watch the movie. The animated movie is really good too. It really is. But I was actually surprised how it's good that very, was. very bloody. <laughs> uh, I'll just say this: someone kills children in that cartoon. And and Jenny, I think there's a decapitation. Oh, there certainly nice. is. Certainly yes. is. Nice. Yeah, I think Wonder Woman. I think there might be two decapitation. There might be two. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So you need you need to read that book and then watch the cartoon because I don't think the yeah. decapitations are in the book. No, they're not. I know Wonder Woman pulls a decapitation. Right, and I think now we're talking. Yeah. See, it's Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess one of the shocking moments—not a death, but it happened recently, and it got me to buy the book. I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. Was Captain America saying "Hail Hydra"? Oh, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> I haven't kept up with it. (laughs) Well, I haven't either, but uh, all I'm saying is Secret Empire is going to be freaking awesome. So now you're telling me I have to keep up with Secret Empire? It's only, it's like, I think it's only a six issue series. Okay. And it's its own thing, right? Just called Secret Empire? Secret, yeah. It starts next month. And I think it's just the, it's, it's Marvel's big, like, summer event book. Okay. So I think there's like six or eight issues, and from what I've heard and seen and read and stuff, it's it's gonna be awesome. All right, all right, fair enough. I love when I love when you uh, when there's excitement behind a book, you know, like uh, or like a like a new story arc, and you just get people going, "Oh my gosh, when is that coming out? Okay, it's coming out on this date. I I can't get to the state <laughs> fast enough. When is it coming yeah. out? I've got to get to it." Like and- there's always those moments where you know one storyline ends and they're starting a new one or mm-hmm. um like i was like you know i hate to bring it back to the walking dead but i was like that when all out war started so that's why i'm incredibly excited for you know the next season because we're going into my favorite right. section of the comic books um but i remember when it came out like i was so anticipating i'm like we have to do this and <laughs> the moment that comic came out i was like i was there i'm going through the pages like they're like Warp speed, just going. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I love those. I love those like excitement. And when when we do our book club at, at my comic book store, it's you 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 hear people talk about things like that. They're like, oh, when is that coming out? I can't. Oh my gosh! Do you think they're going to do this? And they they have all these ideas of what might happen in the comics because of those little teasers. That again that's why we keep adding to our long boxes it's yeah it's so cool when you get stories like that um see and i'm going back to what i'm looking forward to and excited for is that they showed you know the, they do what though it's called solicitations so that that means you know what's coming in the future so you can order it or the comic book stores can and then you can add it to your pull list if you need to yeah so when the solicitations come out and there's a cover of an x-men book i think it's x-men blue or gold i don't know which one because they're doing new x-men books now um, which, it's the resurgence. It's yeah. the resurgence of the X Men books. Right, right. So I have to finish. I now have to finish IVX, which is Inhumans versus X Men, so I can get to X Men Gold and X Men Blue because I need to get to the summer for the resurgence stuff because Gambit is back in the X Men, people. Oh, 
He's on the cover with Wolverine. Not the greatest artwork. He looks very old in this issue for some stupid reason. I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it. But he's been like relegated to like X Factor the last time I saw him. Ugh. They were fine books, but Gambit is no X Factor member. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, now there's a Weapon X book. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that's all the ancillary Weapon X characters, right? Uh, it's uh, Psylocke, Domino. Oh, I'm in. Whoa, two names. I'm in. Uh, Cable. I'm out. Warpath. Oh, I'm way out. <laughs> and uh, and Lady Deathstrike. All right, you kind of got me back in with that one. All right. Uh, last question, because we're going to wrap up here. You have wo- uh, two names. Your favorite comic book artist. You get Ooh, two. Two names? I will yes, because I got two names. Perfect. I'll let you think, because I'll start. Mine are easy. Yeah. Joe Eisma. Not just because he drew, drew me into a comic book, one of my favorite comic books, but just because I love the way he draws. Uh, legit. I, I mean, I have... He, he did a print for me of all the main characters of Morning Glories and autograph for me. It's been hanging on my wall since I bought it. I love it. Um, it's just white background with these color drawings of all all the main characters of the Glories, they call them. Um, my second favorite artist has been my favorite artist since X-Men number one. Um, it, that's the newer, I think, volume two. Or maybe, no, it's volume one because X it was Uncanny X-Men first. Then they kind of rebooted it with X-Men number one. Uh, is Jim Lee. Uh, Jim Lee, yeah, that's a good one. he does great work now with DC, uh, Justice League and stuff like that. Uh, Suicide Squad more recently. Um, I don't know what he's working on right now, but uh, I loved his work on X-Men. It's part of the reason why I bought so many X-Men books back then, because I loved his artwork. I tried to emulate it as much as I could back then. I couldn't because I suck at drawing, but I can trace like an MRFer. Um So yeah, those are my two. Jenny, you seem to know, know right away what your two were, so. Uh, Dustin Nguyen, who does Descender. He also does a lot of Batman. Yeah. Um, he's got this organic brush stroke that he, I don't know, it, it even when it's sharp. Organic it or orgasmic? A little bit of both. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's, there's the very mathematical type comic book drawers, you know, sure. like where circles are perfect circles and stuff. His has such a weird, like, scribble effect without being a scribble it's it's and then he uses like watercolors to wash colors over especially in descender like it'll have all this really dark black pin work but then you'll have these like pastel like watercolors brushed Mm. over it's absolutely beautiful yeah um but my my second that i absolutely love is tony infante um right now i think the most current stuff he's doing son of the devil is the one that i love the most just because his people, his characters, you can tell it's his character, mm-hmm. but it's got like everything's really chiseled. Like the faces have like sharper chins and sharper noses, but their eyes almost have an elf like character to it, even though it's a guy in L.A. having a rough day. Sure. You know, it, it it's just really cool. And again, kind of it, like a mix between like Golden Age artwork and maybe anime eye styles. A little bit, yeah. It, it's it's funny because you can see how there's traditional art to it. You right. can see how like there's that training of the old days of comics. You know, the right. old with the chisel jaws. Yeah, yeah. You can totally see that, but it's so modern that you can tell that it's from 
2017. Sure. You know, it's, it's, they've, he's figured out a way of making classic art look absolutely beautifully new without, without, you'd have to really look at it to pull that classic part, but I love just dissecting how people draw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Son of the Devil is a great story, but before I ever read it, and it's the same with Descender, I go through and look at all the cells, and then I go back and read it, just because there are some cells that that's that's a whole podcast in its, in itself. How do you read your comic book? You know, <laughs> that's a whole podcast. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's cool because like you can you can thumb through it and you can take one single cell out, blow it up, and it could be an amazing painting on your wall. Yeah. And that's with both artists. Like it's, I get uber excited whenever I see them do new stuff. All right. All right, Justin, you had some time. What do you got? Uh, my first one is Alex Ross. Nice. I'm a huge. I love his stuff. If you haven't, very different. Read, uh, yeah, he's a very different style. It's like more of a sort of realistic ish aspect to it. Um, like thy king, uh, kingdom, kingdom come, come yeah. Uh, Marvel's uh, Eye of the Camera. They're very series. Like, they look like paintings. Yeah, it's very portrait style. Uh, yeah. Shazam, Power of Hope. Um, uh, uh, oh, my, my personal favorites, Earth X. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's so like his that style of art is just like what you said, it's very, very paint paint artistic like stuff that you would you wouldn't see in comics. You would right. see these more like as portraits. Right, uh, right. Jenny, write down Kingdom uh, Come. You should read Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come's a great it's one. A Superman story. Ooh. It's it's a really good Superman story. Uh, also, like it's oh god, it's his stuff. The other one I'm really a big fan of is Francesco Francavilla. Oh, okay. Which is a very different style. Yeah, very. Uh, mostly, I've been a big fan of like he did, his stuff. He did I Vampire, right? Uh, that DC book that came out in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, he did I Vampire. <laughs> Other stuff he's known for, uh, Afterlife with Archie. He does all of that. A couple of the Grindhouse, uh, Grindhouse books. Um, I really, I really like the art in Afterlife of Archie. That's, yeah, and that, that's, that's the zombie him. thing, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very old school, very kind of more noir-ish. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so I have all but one of his Monsters Unleash variant covers. I'm missing number five that I need to hunt down at some point. But he also did the artwork for, for Batman, the black mirror. He did. Oh that. yeah. Um, he's doing detective S- comics right now, right? Um, I don't, or he was, know. he did. A, he he did. did. Yeah. Uh, right now he's been doing mostly covers and stuff. And I think there's a new afterlife with Archie series. Oh, that he's yeah. working on that he's going to be working on that would make sense um, but he also did like the artwork for like the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye uh, oh uh, yeah so, oh, yeah it's so like I just his style is just so gritty and it just makes me think of old like horror and like old noir style he's doing, it's just he's doing the reboot of the spirit yeah he's doing that too um, they're starting with issue one again on Dynamite, uh, and I apologize. Detective Comics, he did the New Fifty Two stuff with oh uh, he did with, okay, with yeah. Snyder and Jock. He also did a Black Panther series. Oh yeah, that I remember. Yeah, and Swamp Thing. Nice. Ooh, the Swamp Things usually have really good art. 
Oh uh, yeah, Swamp Thing by Snacks, the Scott Snyder series. Uh, yeah, before New Fifty Two. Yeah, uh, Black. He also did like the Black Hood series from. Uh, uh, who are the Who's Black Hood? Like Dark Circle. Oh, from a series from a comic book fa- uh, publishing company called Dark Circle. Hmm. Um, but like I like I, I he his art style I really got into more so when after when I heard about Afterlife with Archie. Uh, just because it's like it was just so gritty and very old school horror style, and it made me just really want a lot of his stuff. Yeah, what other what other stuff has he has he done though? Because um, I'm only really familiar with the Afterlife of Archie, but I always I loved the imagery in it. Um, that has that more because it almost has that old monster theme to it but it yeah. still has the playfulness of Archie yeah um does he did was is he who you're talking about that did Swamp Thing or is that yeah. your okay yes uh okay. Black that, Coat that the Black sense. Coat was that what you're talking about yeah that one okay okay uh also I mean if you want like there's other stuff he's done like um uh, let's see. Most of the st- like the stuff he only did covers for. He did covers for like Hellboy, Age Sapien. Ooh, Hack Slash. Uh, he did a cover yeah. for Hack Slash. Fl- Flash Gordon. He did that. Oh, some of that art is pretty cool. I have an awesome, uh, really demented um, Flash Gordon comic. Um, first print too, but it's uh, Ming and Hitler. So it's like, oh, yeah. like one half of the face is Hitler's profile and the other half of the face is Ming's profile. And the art is insane. Yeah. If you want, if you want some of his artwork, he did the cover for Flash Gordon Zeitgeist. Zeit- number one. Zeitgeist. 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 Uh, yeah. Zeitgeist. You got uh, it. There you go. Also, also, he did like Mars Attacks. Uh, you did for a little bit some Doctor Who stuff. Uh, Doctor Who, Marvel Zombies Halloween special, uh, American Vampire, which is a that's a Scott Snyder thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I recommend a lot of his stuff. I mean, if you want stuff that he did like oh, the interior is, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, any stuff you're looking for interior work, I'd say go for the David Liss Marvel run of Black Panther. Uh, Man Without Fear. Oh, sure. He, or uh, um, Urban Jungle. Urban Jungle. Uh, yeah, Swamp Thing number 10, Arcane's Lullaby. That's that's the thing. That's the Snyder one, right? Uh, that's the Snyder one. And The Spirit. That's the new one. That that, that just started. Yeah, check out The Spirit. Um, <laughs> it's better than the TV show. Or the movie that came out a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? That movie sucked. It was trying to be like Sin City. Um, here's here's a fun one shot for you that you might be interested in that he did a uh, uh, Jenny. He also did a Frank Frazetta's Dracula meets the Wolfman. It was a one shot from Image that came out with, from Steve Niles in 2009. There you go. She found the Flash Gordon Zeitgeist one. She sent it in the Skype window. Oh, that, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap up. Uh, honorable mention to two writers or two artists I didn't think I didn't say and I should have Brett Booth who did Flash and the New 52 and he does Titans currently I like his artwork he likes to joke about how he likes to write or draw butts uh, who doesn't like to in tight costumes butts you cannot lie (laughs) that's right Uh, also I can't believe I forgot Todd McFarlane oh Oh, yeah yes Um, yes historically great artist so 
All right. Plus, that guy alone, I mean, we could do an entire podcast alone just on him, on his contribution to the comic book genre. Right. Not just, yeah. not just with Spawn, but Image Comics as a whole and what yeah. Image Comics means to creators and, you know, what he did with Spider-Man and, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, he, he was the black costume, wasn't he? I believe so. Uh, Justin would yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had to think for a minute. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, um, no, Todd McFarlane in the black costume, which I always enjoyed. Uh, we'll do an episode about Spawn for sure when that movie gets closer because he's he's hardcore with that movie right now. Um, and I was a Spawn fan back then. And uh, oh yeah, and I had way I had a lot of the McFarlane Spawn toys. Mm, me too. Uh, we we need to do a toy hunt episode too because I went on a massive yes. toy hunt for one of the McFarland Spawn toys. Anyway, that's our show this week. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining us. Please tell the fine folks about your podcast that you do. My buddy, my hetero life mate Matt and I do a podcast called Two Broke Geeks. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Two BG Pod. He, he misses uh, you so much. I wonder how hetero it is. It's so head. Oh no! I, I almost want to tell you a story that we that about what we talked about this morning, but I'm not going to. No, save that for the tell-all book that you guys will write later in life. Oh, it, it's it's a magic. It's a very magical moment in nice. our lives that I, I was partially partially like, oh my god, I can't believe this just happened. Uh, only only between way. best friends. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, at 2BG Pod on Instagram and Twitter, talk about nerd news that we come up with or silly things. Or as as some people think, like when I talk about shitting my pants, because that seems to be a popular subject that people like to hear about. Wow. Requested requested stories on Twitter for the two broke geeks is Justin's pooping his pants stories. Hey, I, I think one of our best episodes was was uh, when we were at New York City Comic Con. I told the story of when I pooped myself in a at a McDonald's. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm telling you, classy work. <laughs> and, and like a, a, only the best. best of, only, only the best here. <laughs> <laughs> On the fine, fine oh, Atomic geez. Geekdom Network. Just, Justin for Moon Knight. Hashtag Justin for Moon Knight. Right. He, he yeah. swears he won't poop his pants on set. I will not poop my pants in a Moon Knight outfit. <laughs> this went south so fast. <laughs> it's true. It, it did. Uh, speaking of going south, there were a lot of south uh, federations of wrestling back in the day. They called them territories. Jenny, where would you go if you wanted to hear the finest in pop professional wrestling podcasting? Ooh. Um, Ringside Geeks. Also found on the Atomic Geekdom website. You get to know all about the craziness of Monday Night Raw and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, yes, Ringside Geeks. At Ringside Geeks on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, thank you so very much for listening to Atomic Geekdom. Find us again on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the YouTube. Uh, whenever this comes out, there's some good YouTube content. There will be a Heroes and Villains Fan Fest video up. Uh, thank you to Patrick for editing that for us. Um, all the hours probably spent doing that. And I'm not sure when this is going up, but there also may be the con that Jenny, Patrick, and Justin went to. Um, yes. That, will be that was so much fun. 
Dude, can't wait for the next. I know. Uh, and maybe by the time this comes up, C2E2 video will be up. Who knows? Who can predict things like that? I, I mean, it's like we plan these things. We don't. Um, <laughs> please, if you like what you heard today, and I don't know how you couldn't have enjoyed it. There was passion. There was ums. There was pants pooping. Uh, <laughs> give us a review on iTunes. If you can't think of what to write on iTunes, let me help you. I listened to the Atomic Geekdom podcast, and it changed my life. I had no idea I wasn't the only one who pooped their pants at McDonald's. Five stars. Yes. So there you go. I did, yes. the, I did the thinking for you verbatim. Just type that into iTunes. Give us five stars, because anything less, I mean, you're just a jerk. Like, who are you, hurt, who are you hurting if you give us a five-star review? No one. I mean... It- I mean, if you don't give us a five-star review, then I'll just have to, like... Poop, be like he'll poop your I pants. Puke, I, I'll poop your pants, and I'll go puke in a Wendy's. There it is. Do you yeah. see what I have to deal with on a daily basis now? <laughs> I just want to point that out. Do you and see... I'm not even I'm not even Matt, so look what you can get yourself into with two of the Justin. Like, Matt's just another Justin. So it's and like... Just, and, and the poor Jenny will have to deal with, with it when we go to cons. And I'm like, Jenny, I need to go and do some business in an area. <laughs> gotta go to the bathroom. You should have went before we left. Jenny, uh, we need to... Jenny, we'll have to go to that uh, Moz Eisley pop-up cantina thing. I think... A bar. Oh, yes. You know what you need to do at the end of a con recording is... It's going to be staged, but I don't care. In front of the camera... Uh, like Jenny, you know, signs off, and you know, just Justin and Jenny signing off from whatever con, and then Justin saying, whispering, but you know, enough for the microphone to hear. I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, I can't poop my pants. I just pooped my pants, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny. Oh, uh, there we go. This Again, is how we plan. This is how we plan things. I have to deal with. <laughs> we don't plan things behind the scenes because we want you all to be part of it. <laughs> so, oh, um, all right. This yes. is why I'm an actor. That's right. That's right. This is. <laughs> This is why I host podcasts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please review us on iTunes. That'd be great. Review the Two Broke Geeks, the Ringside Geeks, and the Just Two Pals as well. You can find all of those shows on iTunes, Google Play, Satchel, most of them on Stitcher. I don't know which ones aren't. Uh, I know this this podcast and Ringside Geeks are on Stitcher. I can guarantee you that, and I'm sure the other two will be there if they're not already. Uh, also just easier atomicgeekdom.com you can find all of it there news videos all that good stuff and podcasts thanks again for listening Justin thanks for joining Jenny and myself always fun and uh she's here which means she of course gets the last word and this week the last word is kapow kapow